We have turned the page to week six of the 2023 NFL season, and the Dolphins are preparing to face off against another NFC opponent, the Carolina Panthers. Here is your primer, everything you need to know about the Panthers and their season thus far ahead of tomorrow's crossover Thursday with Julian Council. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Special tip of the cap to our everydayers who do keep it locked in with us on a daily basis because it is your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Jace Medical. Power yourself with the purchase of a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E, medical.com. And while the Jace case might not have had whatever I needed to get me through uh, the chest congestion and cough that I've had for about the last 10 days now, I hope you can feel pep in the step. It's not just the fact that you're back in club dub. Well, that certainly doesn't hurt. We're back on the men, guys. And as a result, I'm fired up to set the stage for the Carolina Panthers and the Miami Dolphins in week six at Hard Rock Stadium. The Dolphins at four and one looking to move to five and one ahead of the week seven clash with the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football. Big game. So let's make sure we take care of business this week and you go one and oh, that's the objective. So to do that, first, you got to know your opponent. Miami going against the Carolina Panthers uh, who come into this week. Oh, and five with the first overall pick a quarterback and Bryce Young and a new coaching staff and a piecemeal together group of skill players and a banged up interior offensive line. and. A lot of significant losses on the defense side of the ball. We'll talk about all of that. But of course, we have our own internal affairs to address. And namely, this is Devon Uh, One of the more prolific storylines for this Dolphins team through the first five weeks uh, was a healthy, but not necessarily healthy, um, inactive in week one. Week one for the Dolphins and has proceeded to just absolutely blow up the last three weeks. Devon suffered some kind of knee injury. Uh, the timeline, as it was reported, we touched on it yesterday, was several weeks, and there was a second opinion, and now it's week to week. I think the the, the biggest point of emphasis for me. Anytime we take an injury like this is to wrap my head around um, what the identity of the team is, how easily replicated or redirected the role of a player within it is. And this is part of the battle with positional value for running backs because the Dolphins, yes, they'll miss Devon A. Chan and his explosive speed and the GPS timings and the open field ability. But let's not act like Raheem Mostert 
doesn't have 58 rushes for 314 yards and seven rushing touchdowns this season. Uh, ultimately, I think about Raheem and his presence. He has eight total touchdowns and is averaging six yards per touch. Now, I get it. A chance averaging double that, and that's not sustainable long-term. That's, that's stupid levels of production per touch. But for Miami, I think there is an interim stretch in which whether it's Savan Ahmed coming up off the inactives on game day, he's on the 53 already and taking that spot. He looked really good in the preseason, right? Or it's Jeff Wilson coming back off of IR. I would suspect we'll find out more on that today. Uh, that, that feels like kind of a funky situation based on the messaging from Wilson's camp and what the Dolphins have actually done to this point. So it's hard to say. But um, oh, that, that is a possible avenue for the team to pursue. I think Miami's running game is going to be just fine. Uh, and that extends beyond this week against Carolina. I think that is also applicable when you look at uh, Philadelphia and New England the next two weeks, if you need it to be, because you have Raheem Mostert. Savan Ahmed. Ran the ball really well in the preseason. And I know he hasn't put together a ton of regular season production, but anytime his number has been called because it was deemed necessary or injuries prompted it to be the case, Savan has risen to the occasion. I have no qualms with Savan Ahmed, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, any of those guys kind of taking that workload in stride and helping to make sure that the Dolphins can remain the balanced team that they want to be. And just as a bit of reinforcement on that front, the team that they want to be, uh, the Dolphins thus far this season are 15th in the NFL in called rush attempts, 135. They're 14th in the NFL in called pass attempts, uh, 168. So not quite a full 50-50 split, but much more balanced and much more skewed than at the end of the 2022 season, Miami was 13th in called pass attempts and they were 31st in called run attempts. And by the way, Miami is 700 yards away from last year's rushing total as a team through five games. I'm just saying. Devon Achan helps, but it's not all Devon Achan. So, um, Figured I'd spend a little bit of time on that because I know that there's so Dolphins fans have a lot of questions about Devon Achan and his timeline. I don't know anything more about his timeline than you guys do. Um, it sounds like he will probably avoid IR if he's uh, inactive for two or three weeks. Okay. Now that could potentially put you back in time for Kansas City. That would probably be helpful uh, for Kansas City because you're going to want to have as much firepower as you possibly can. So if you can avoid IR in that stretch, and find a 53 spot elsewhere or just flip Savon Ahmed up who didn't dress last week. Then I, I think grand scheme of things, Miami is poised to be just fine. Now we are going to talk next about the Panthers year to date, how they've gotten to 0-5 and where they are at as a team coming into this matchup against the Dolphins. That is next here on this episode of Locked On Dolphins. System. Before we go any further on the show, eBay Motors has teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks of each week 
all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you the winners that are a guaranteed fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Let's stay in the state of Florida. Trevor Lawrence has been a slow starter in fantasy as the Jaguars QB, having thrown for multiple touchdowns once in the first five weeks. That came in week one against the Colts. For the opponents at home in week six, Lawrence got revved up during the two games in London and should see everything come together in the passing game. Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, and Christian Kirk. It could push Lawrence to his best statistical game of 2023, who also padded can also be padded up by his ramp up in rushing yardage as well. Vinny Iyer of Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your championship this season. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. The same goes for your vehicle. With 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. With brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. With eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. So it's been uh, been ugly for Carolina. Carolina uh, at this stage is 25th in the NFL in points scored. Offensively, they are 23rd in yards. Offensively, they are 28th in points scored defensively, and they are 13th. It's a high water mark for them in yards defensively. They're 25th in the NFL in plus minus turnover differential. They are 29th in the NFL in point differential, and they are 19th in the NFL in yardage, net yardage differential on a game by game basis. So they have played the Panthers, the Falcons, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Vikings, and the Lions. And Minnesota, one and four, Detroit, four and one, Seattle, I believe is four and one off the top of my head. Is that correct? Three and one, they had a bye. And then you had New Orleans, who's three and two, and Atlanta, uh, who is also three and two. So the, they played some good teams on the NFC side of things. But when you look at how these games are taking place, it paints a pretty vivid picture of what this team is and what this team is not right now ton of turnovers offensively. They had three turnovers last week against the Lions. Lions romped all over. They had three turnovers in week one against the Falcons. That was a game they lost by two touchdowns. Um, the closest loss that they have had is a three-point loss in week two on Monday Night Football against the Saints that they scored a garbage time touchdown with a minute and 16 seconds left in the game, uh, and they got a two-point conversion to cut an 11-point deficit to a three-point deficit. So, uh, they have largely been uncompetitive to this stage. And their games on the road, they have lost all by multiple scores. They played Atlanta and lost by 14. They played Seattle at Seattle and lost by 10. And they played at Detroit and lost by, you're going to make me do math here live on the show, 18. Now they're coming to Miami. Uh, they Starting a, a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young, the number one overall pick, he did miss a start already. Andy Dalton stepped in. And um, I think the challenge for Bryce, there's a lot of parallels. And I can't wait to talk to Julian Council from Lockdown Panthers about this because I think Dolphins fans will probably empathize with Bryce Young a little bit for the pathway that Tua Tungabaloa had when he first got into the league. 
you talk about the system in Alabama and the skilled players and two had better skilled players than Bryce Young did. Bryce still won a Heisman. I saw him on the Heisman house commercials this past weekend. But Bryce plays a brand of football that I think in the same way that Tua's, especially if you don't have the same kind of skill players to support the same style of play, uh, it's going to take a while to acclimate and recalibrate. So Bryce is a smaller player who's really quick-footed. I, I would say his foot quickness is probably on par or better than Tua's. Uh, he's, in my opinion, a more short area agile player than Tua. Uh, I think Tua is a better pocket management player. Uh, I think Bryce is probably a little better off script. I would say Tua probably has a better arm. I would say Tua has better accuracy. Uh, I would say Tua has better ball handling skills between the two players. Uh, but Bryce loves to get outside of structure and make some stuff happen and, and shake, shake around back there. But this group in Carolina has really struggled to create dynamic plays in the past game and has struggled to create separation. It is the Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki conversation from 2020. That is all very applicable with Adam Thielen and a rookie receiver in Jonathan Mingo, who's raw as a route runner, and Terrence Marshall and LaVisca Chenault. You're getting good volume out of the backs, out of the backfield with 27 receptions thus far between Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they just are struggling to create separation and strain secondaries. And what you have seen Carolina now end up doing because Bryce is still, according to next-gen stats, holding the ball for almost three seconds per dropback. That's a hard world to live in. And he is not attempting a lot of throws further than 15 yards downfield. He is playing within the box, the same proverbial box that Tua got the stereotype off of based off that 2020 Changeli offense. And I remember a lot of Dolphins fans asking, why is Chan Gailey saving all the good plays for Ryan Fitzpatrick? Shake the training wheels off. You want to know what a training wheels offense looks like? It's what Carolina's rolling with right now with Bryce Young. And they're trying to circumvent some offensive line issues. So you get it. You understand. You want to protect your quarterback. You don't want to expose him to bad hits. You don't want to facilitate bad muscle memory and uh, rattle him too much. But Bryce is still taking sacks on almost 8% of his dropbacks. He's been sacked 12 times on 144 dropbacks. His adjusted net yards per attempt is 3.7 yards per attempt. 3.7 yards per attempt. When, and that is adjusted for uh, passing yards minus sack yards divided by passes attempt plus time sacks. So it's net yardage divided by total dropbacks. Less than four yards. It's an unhealthy number. The team is actually averaging more yards per rushing play offensively at four yards per carry than on the net average of a Bryce Young dropback. A lot of throws behind the line of scrimmage. A lot of throws within five yards. It's It's... 
And in spite of all of that, Chandler Zavala, their rookie guard, and he went off last week with a scary injury. It sounds like it's a stinger. It sounds like he's going to be okay. I'm not sure whether he's going to play this week. We'll ask Julian tomorrow on Crossover Thursday. He's given up 28 pressures in five starts. The offensive line in general has yielded 89 pressures in five starts. Now, Bryce didn't play in one of those games. Andy Dalton started the, the third game, the game in which they scored the most points they had this season, uh, I believe. Yeah, Andy Dalton threw for 361 yards against Seattle, and they lost. They scored 27 points. They scored 10, 17, 13, and then 24 with Bryce. Um, and that 24 spot that they got was at one point 35 to 10 and 42, 17 and another garbage time touchdown with less than two minutes left in the game to make it 24. So if I'm Miami and I'm just looking at the trends of what Carolina has been able to scratch out offensively, the arbitrary number in your head is, is score three touchdowns. You score three touchdowns against Carolina and based off of the typical Offensive production that they put out with Bryce Young as the quarterback spot. You're probably going to be in a really good position to win the game. Now, let's score a lot more than three touchdowns, right? But that's your threshold. Um, defensively, they're really banged up. Uh, they have J.C. Horn, who's down right now. They have Shaq Thompson, their standout linebacker, who's been there forever, has been a really good player, who's down. They have a couple of the guys who are banged up. Dante Jackson, one of their other corners. Uh, Xavier Woods didn't dress last week with a hamstring issue. Uh, they're, they're going through it a little bit. Now, they still have some good players. Uh, Von Bell, who they signed in for agency, I really liked him in Cincinnati. Uh, Jeremy Chin, I had a huge crush on in that 2020 draft. He was in the same draft class as Tua and Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt and Noah and um, if you told me that you did pick Jeremy Chin instead of Noe Benogany, I'd have been over the moon. I'd have done a ton of backflips with that pick, even though it was a DB. Um, just because uh, Chin was a, a pretty, pretty dynamic athlete. And he's been a solid player. He hasn't had his level of play rise to the same degrees like Kyle Duggar, who was also in the same class as a player who profiled kind of the same way. Duggar's become a better pro, but Chin's still uh, a meaningful player for them. Uh, they have a veteran pass rusher in Justin Houston, opposite one of the best young pass rushers in the game of Brian Burns, who should not be slept on uh, in any capacity. He is right up there with the tops, man. He's a, he's a special player, Brian Burns. That's the kind of player that if it's going to be Austin Jackson that gets the assignment, I'm really excited to see what that looks like. I'm excited to see how they try to navigate that. Um, you saw how the interior offensive line handled Leonard Williams and, uh, Dexter Lawrence last week, so you feel pretty good about their ability the ability to handle Derek Brown, uh, who's was the first round pick from that 2020 class for Carolina, and Shy Tuttle uh, as players who oh, I, I think are at least adequate level starters. I think Brown's teetering now on being a quality starter for Carolina. Um, and then on the second level, there's a familiar name in common, Gruje Hill, who stepped in opposite. Uh, Frankie Louvu. Uh, Gruje Hill was, of course, with Miami for a short stint. Uh, sub linebacker, special teams guy. He stepped in for Shaq Lawson. Louvu's kind of a fun story. Uh, he emerged last year, uh, had a lot of production as kind of a hybrid linebacker type player, uh, quickly became a fan favorite for what he was able to put out there. 
Um, and then at corner, without J.C. Horn, it's C.J. Henderson, former top 10 pick who busted out of Jacksonville, got traded already. Dante Jackson's a good player if he's healthy. I believe it's a shoulder injury that he's dealing with. And then you have Sam Webb and Deshaun Jameson. And those are the only other outside corners. You have Troy Hill as the backup nickel to Jeremy Chen. They don't have a lot of depth at corner, which may be the worst place to be thin when you play this team. Uh, so that's kind of where Carolina is at. Uh, we'll talk just a little bit more about the Panthers as we get ready to bring this episode of Locked on Dolphins to a close. So stick with us. But before we go any further on today's show, everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medical medication on hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery, ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics from Jace Medical by using my code Locked on at checkout or jacemedical.com. That is J A S E medical.com. So, Carolina, um, this is one of those big, big games for a couple of different reasons. Uh, I think about Miami's aspirations for this offseason or for this season, I should say. Excuse me. And there's every team has their own unique schedule, obviously, but there's for the division, the AFC East, there's a lot of joint opponents. Everybody's got to play the AFC West. Everybody's got to play the NFC East. Your non-mutuals. And I'm thinking namely about the team in Western New York that beat Miami by four touchdowns in week four that you want to see that you're going to see again in week 18. And you want to, be in a position to play that game, to win the division and get a home playoff game or already have it taken care of. You know, th those are your aspirations for what this season is going to be. And if that's going to happen, games like this one are important because the Bills don't play the Panthers. The Bills got to play the Bucks, And the Bucks are three and one. And the Panthers are on five. So like... Buffalo is also going to play Philadelphia. They're going to play New England again. They're going to play Kansas City. They're going to play Dallas. They'll play the Jets again. They're going to play to Washington, so that box is already checked. They still have to play the Chargers. There's these games that, oh, and, and common opponent is important, but Miami very clearly has an opportunity with their schedule as a quote-unquote second-place schedule playing a quote-unquote worst team. If you gave me a chance to pick between playing Carolina and playing Tampa, I would 10 times out of 10 pick playing the Carolina Panthers. And that's no disrespect to Carolina. You shouldn't overlook any opponent that you have. But Tampa's actually vibing a little bit. They got a little something going. And for Miami, instead of playing a team like that, to play a team like Carolina that is really struggling to get its footing, they're really proceeding with caution with their rookie quarterback, they're banged up in the trenches on, all, on the offensive line. Both their offensive guards are banged up. It's supposed to be Austin Corbett and um, 
and Corbett was designated for return last week. Doesn't mean he's coming back. I don't know what his status is. We'll, we'll ask Julian Council about it. And then Brady Christensen's the other guard. They're both on IR. Now, at least Corbett's been designated to return. That doesn't guarantee he's playing in the game, as we know, because the Dolphins designated uh, Nick Needham and, and Robert Jones for return, and they did not return last week. So we'll see what happens there. But that's an opportunity for me that you look at. And if you're going to make up the ground that you lost in week four, you certainly can't afford to let a game like this fall by the wayside. You got to come ready to play. And then we can turn the page and we can get ready for at Philadelphia. But you got to take care of this game first. Uh, from a personnel standpoint, I think Miami has advantages in a number of rooms. I think Miami should have the expectation that they can do what they did uh, against New York, which is control uh, the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. That should be the aspiration. And, and I actually really like both Ike McQuanu and uh, Taylor Moton, both their tackles. But they have not played great thus far this season. You know, Moton has allowed 18 pressures. Equanu has allowed 12. Bozeman at centers given up double digits at 10 and, and just as a point of reference to kind of help. So what their offensive line has been is Zavala, Moton, Bozeman, Equanu, and Brady Christensen played like 40 snaps. Cade Mays played like 50 snaps as far as like passing game snaps. Calvin Throckmorton's played about almost 200 snaps uh, in pass protection. 28 for Zavala, 18 for Moton, 10 for Bozeman, 12 for Iquanu, and 6 for Calvin Throckmorton. To contrast those numbers to what the Dolphins look like this year, Kendall Lamb has conceded the most pressures of any offensive lineman on the Miami Dolphins, and it's 9. So Kendall Lamb's 9, and then Austin Jackson has 8. Those two guys in single digits would be the second best. They, they, they would be the best if they were installed into the starting five for Carolina. Because Carolina, if you split what Christensen and Cade Mays and Calvin Throckmorton did with the other guard spot, that's 14. So Miami's worst is better than Carolina's best for context as far as pass protection goes. And then what you, what you are able to do offensively, again, with what you have running the football. Let's see another drive like that drive that you had against the Giants where you just decided at 24-13, you know what? We're going to close out the third quarter here. We're going to pound the rock. And you can go ahead and stop us. And the Giants could not. And the Dolphins marched right down the field on eight plays, 75 yards, and touchdown. If you could do it against the Giants' front, I actually think the Giants' front is better than the Panthers' front aside of Brian Burns, who is a pass rusher. We'll get more into the game tomorrow with crossover Thursday, and then on Friday we'll be finished grinding the tape on Carolina and talk specifics on what I'd like to see you know, from a, a schematic standpoint and how the Dolphins can push this record to 5-1, and one, uh, which is our goal for the week. Plan accordingly. Hope to see you then. I'm Kyle Krabs. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. Make it a great rest of your Wednesday. I'll be back in tomorrow for Crossover Thursday. Fins up.